Here to warm the room is uh, former cabinet minister at the federal level, Lisa Raitt, who's on the morning brief. Nice to have you. Good Wednesday morning. You too, John. Thanks. Speaking of uh, things that happen in Ottawa, Toronto Mayor Olivia Chow is going to Ottawa next week to ask for financial aid. Um, I don't know that it, I guess it reinforces the fact that this is a chronic problem we got to figure out because, you know, she had to go to Queen's Park last week and beg for money. Now she's going to Ottawa to beg for money. Surely there's a better way to pay the bills. I, you know, I don't want to say that she's begging for money. I think what the what the mayor is doing is that she's giving elected officials and probably some other officials a really good idea as to what is exactly happening on the ground. Because it's very easy if you're sitting in a different building to just kind of breeze by actually what is happening. So I think it makes sense for her to go to the officials and tell them what's going on. And I think it's always important to see the person face to face, eye to eye, and ask them essentially, here's our problem. You you are in part the cause of it. Why aren't you helping us? Uh, meanwhile, this business with uh, India and the allegation that uh, the government had a hand in assassinating a Canadian citizen uh, continues. What level of proof do you think Justin Trudeau needs to offer up? Because I've listened to a lot of really interesting analysis where people who know intelligence say, listen, he wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. But in some circles, people are saying, well, maybe he made it up to distract from all his other problems. No, I don't think he made it up, and I don't think it's fair to say that. He definitely had something to go on. Here, Here's where I land on this one, John. I mean, realistically, if it is the case, as alleged, that the Indian government is involved and that these two um, hitmen, essentially, um, did the deed and then took off, what are the odds of them actually finding them, charging them, putting them on trial, and then letting Canadians see the evidence? I would say it's pretty slim. So this is a situation where CSIS and the RCMP may actually not be able to get any further. And it'll be one of those question marks in society as to what exactly happened here and who exactly was the perpetrator, except for one thing. The prime minister said the government of India was involved and there's not going to be evidence to prove or disprove that. So what should he show other than what he said, maybe a little bit more, maybe maybe a little bit more just to give that comfort level, uh, because it has caused a large stink on the world scene, I have to say. Oh, absolutely. And I, it kind of feeds the conspiracy theorists, right? Because they can say, where's the proof? And then the government can say, well, we can't offer the proof because either we don't have a lot of it or it compromises national security. And then the conspiracy theorists are going to say, nah, you made it up. Yeah, and again, I'm going to say he didn't make it up. I yeah. mean, obviously going off of something, but but that being said, what a calculation of risk they must have gone through to determine whether or not are we better off coming out and saying this um, or are we better off just dealing with it in the traditional way? And it is the traditional way of government to government and trying to get to the bottom of something. Clearly, um, they're, you know, twice bitten, once shy with respect to whether or not they could handle the questions of when did you know and how did you know with the Globe and Mail coming out and yes. saying that 
going to happen. They wanted to get ahead of it. But still, I mean, it's not there's nothing wrong with the government saying uh, this is under investigation. We don't have any other contract, but we're deeply concerned about the allegation. Yeah, that would that's a good one, as opposed to standing in Parliament saying India did it. Yeah, and it's a fraught file because, as we saw yesterday, the five eyes aren't exactly rushing to our side, but it's mostly because they want to continue to deal with India, which is a $1.4 billion uh, or person market. Yeah, tradecraft. I mean, this spycraft is a very different game. I don't even pretend to know it or understand it or know what's going on in it. I did not have the security clearance to be part of those conversations. Um, and quite frankly, it it is, again, I was... A lot of people kind of had their jaws hanging open when it happened, and sure. then there's a lot for it. Okay, so um, anti-gay protests are going to be happening today. They're not just anti-gay, they're anti-trans. They sort of riff on this American theme that kids are being taught stuff which they aren't actually being taught, that gender-neutral bathrooms are some sort of a threat to us all. And then there's going to be counter-protests today. I, I just don't know where all this tension came from. I mean, you know, gay people have been out since Stonewall, and trans people have been on the record since the 1950s, and all of a sudden in the last three years, it's a crisis. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, part of it, I think, is what's happening with respect to policies and whether or not parents are going to be informed or not informed. And I think that has kind of fed the fire to get whatever's being talked about around coffee discussions onto what's going to be the streets tomorrow and people are emboldened and the other thing is people get to connect with one another on these topics through social media they can find one another and they see hey it's not just me and my four friends who feel this way it's all these people across canada um i don't know if these protests and marches are going to amount to much of anything really than localized localized things that are going to be happening but hey you know what if it's a legal protest, it's a legal protest and you don't like the content and it makes sense that that the other side or or people who want to get out their information also go out and, and they try to. It's kind of weird. It's almost like they're going to be in public shouting at one another, but you're going to see two sides of an issue and yeah. you're, people make a decision. Yeah, and I'll be home reading a book. So, <laughs> you know, right? I just I I it amazes me, Lisa, like on Sundays, every single week on Sundays in Toronto, probably many other cities, I know in Ottawa, these people get together and they complain about Justin Trudeau and they complain about vaccine mandates and I just think, don't you have a soccer game to go to? Yeah. Well, you be look, knock on doors for a, a political office and you'll see that lots of people have very strong opinions and they look for an opportunity to express them. And as I said, that this is you can't stop it from happening. It is human nature and they want people to know what they think. And, and let's let's hear them out. I mean, it, it's wrong. Yeah, I don't agree with their points of view, but that's why the the counter the counter protest comes into play. So in the U.S. Congress, they've decided to end a dress code, and mostly that is out of deference to this guy who likes to wear hoodies on the floor of Congress. You've served in the House, and you know I'm really old-fashioned. I actually always wear a jacket if I'm in studio interviewing a cabinet minister or a premier or a mayor. I'm just that way. So I, you know, I'm kind of into dress codes. Look, I got some advice at my very first campaign when I didn't know what to wear going door to door. Like it was the middle of it was it was hot out, but it wasn't too hot out. And I just come from a corporate world. And I thought, gosh, do I wear, you know, the suit that I used to wear as a lawyer? What do I do? And they a person said to me, they said, 
You want to dress as people want to see you. They want to, you don't want to dress the way people are dressed sitting at home on their Sunday afternoon. You want to dress as somebody that they want to represent them and putting their best foot forward. And I've always kind of used that as the, as the litmus test for me as to what to, what to wear or not to wear in the House of Parliament. Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you. Yeah, you too, John. Have a good day. Lisa Raitt, former federal cabinet minister.